Hello, spooky dog. Boo! <laughs> I'm scared. Boo. I'm Sorry, listener. I'm a shaken. Um, we are recording this just days before Halloween, and so we're trying to get into the spirit a little bit. Uh, and so we thought we would devote this to talking about a couple of our favorite Halloween things. They don't actually have to be scary. In fact, of the two things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast, I would say only one counts as a fright. But, um, but the other is certainly Halloween-related. We have, by the way, no idea what the other person is going to be talking oh, yes, about on this episode. To each other. So it's all going to be one big surprise. I mean, who doesn't love surprises? Usually. I yeah. love them. Usually. Sometimes. Okay. So who's going first? Do you want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Yeah. Okay. So the first is my friendly Halloween pick. And no, it's not Hubie Halloween. Um, do you know the worst witch? Do I know the worst witch? I don't think I do. There, I mean, I'm not saying there is actually a witch out there who is the worst. No, there is, uh, a movie I saw when I was young. They would play it on HBO every October, um, from like 85, 86. It's an adaptation of a book called The Worst Witch. Um, it has since been updated a couple times. I think there is a... Hulu or Netflix animated series. I think they also remade it as a film within the last few years. But this one for me, this film is the real thing. And it stars um, Feruza Balk as a really bumbling student, an adolescent at a witch school um, where the professor, I guess headmistress and professor um, is Diana Rigg. And the other one is Charlotte Ray, who plays an evil twin version. We have two Charlotte Rays. And then there is, like, the big uh, warlock character that Tim Curry plays. Um, he comes oh, every Halloween. Super fun. And there are a few, there are a few musical numbers um, interspersed throughout. I think the big number is Tim Curry's number called Anything Can Happen at Halloween. In many ways, and I know I'm not the first person who has said this, it's kind of a predictor of the Harry Potter universe because we have uh, like, you know, the British school system and magical powers and coming of age um, and all of those things. And it's all that. And it's sweet. And this thing in its own way, effects wise is rather primitive, um, but I love it. And I don't know where you can find it. I don't think it is streaming anywhere. I don't think it is on, you know, any of the, the current cable channels. So I'm sure DVDs of it exist. I wonder if, at any point, someone had bought the rights to make it a stage musical. Not that that would happen anytime soon now, but it lends itself to that. It, it is, you know, how the 80s didn't have many prominent movie musicals. Yeah. Um, Disney came back with them, and then movie musicals emerged again in the 21st century. But the 80s had a lot of, like, quiet attempts at musicals, and this is kind of one of them. Um but it's it's really sweet. It's very innocent. It's definitely wholesome, fun for the whole family. And I always I always loved it. Um, it would I feel like it was always playing when I would come home from school in the middle of the week, and I would turn the TV on in October, and it would be on again, and I would just watch it, and then watch Double Dare. Oh, that sounds super charming. I've never seen it, and I agree yeah, though with again, what you're saying. It sounds like a, it could I be a great musical. Yeah. What's that? It does sound like it would be a great like Broadway musical. 
Yeah, and like I said, it's perfect family fun. I know, I think there are a lot of people that that also know it my age and probably a little younger and they may know that like how to find it or what all the versions that exist i never watched any other form um but it always brought me a lot of joy and the few songs that i remember are songs that have kind of stayed in the back of my mind my whole life so huh. so you know when i was at my tabula rasa age there it was so no definitely not scary um and if you want to be cynical, you could call it a little cheesy. Um, but I really liked it. And again, Tim Curry, who remains an underrated great, um, is lovely in it. And and Charlotte Ray and Diana Rigg are both wonderful actresses that we, we lost fairly recently. Diana Rigg being maybe just a month or two ago. Um, so so worth seeing to, to pay a little bit of honor to them as well. Feruza Balk, of course, would also go on to do The Craft a decade later, also about witches, but but that's not my pick. My pick is The Worst Witch, and um, I hope you are able to see it some point, some way, somehow. Well, that sounds charming. So do you want to do your second one, or should I jump in, or should I jump in I with not like... scary and then go to scary, or should I like follow your lead? I don't think anyone should ever follow my lead just as a general rule of life. <laughs> but um, no, I say, I say uh, you do you. If you want to do scary, you can do scary. Well, I kind of feel like I want to save my scary. Oh, save but your I scary. kind of feel like I don't want to save my scary because I'm so excited about it. You know what? I'm not oh, saving. Oh, I'm not well, going to okay. save my scary. All right. Now I'm that gonna, you're talking I'm gonna, it up. I'm going to go right in. Um, okay. So this was a total shocker to me that I picked this um, because – when you proposed this last week, um, I hadn't even watched it yet, and now I'm doing it. Oh. Um, it's not a movie. It is a. It is the new Hulu series Hellstrom. Ooh, tell me more. Oh my god, it is so good. It's is it? one of. Oh, it is so good. It okay. So it's based on a Marvel comic book series which I was like I had no idea this even existed because why have I not been reading this um and it is about a pair of siblings whose dad and I can't quite figure I haven't watched the whole series yet can't quite figure out exactly who he is but his dad is some sort of their dad is some sort of a demon and um he he was a serial killer in his sort of like non-demonic life and he brought the daughter on the road with him as he killed, like, as he killed people. And he would give her the trophies as, like, gifts. Mm. Like, she would be waiting. She would actually, as it comes out, she, like, would lure some of his, um, some of his victims. And so she was essentially helping him. But anyway, so these two people have super, they have demonic powers. They're part demon. Um, and the mom was is possessed by a different demon and she's in a hospital in like a sort of a safe hospital in a mental ward with schizophrenia, even though the woman that runs the hospital is part of like this demon fighting network. So she knows what the mom really is. And she raised the son when the mom got committed at 12 mm. years old. Mm. Um, so she knows the whole backstory of the family. And then there's this other guy who, um, who kind of followed around the daughter 
um, that he's called caretaker and he followed the daughter around and sort of raised her. Um, and he is also of like one of these demon. F- so they basically raised these two kids who were half demon to be demon fighters. Right. So anyway, the dad is back. They've locked the dad away. Um, at some point they were able to lock the dad away in the skull and the skull has like basically got uh, released the dad for whatever reason. And so the dad is back. And so it's about these two kids trying or adult kids trying to save their mom. Um, and at the same time, like look for their dad, um, to kind of fight him. And there is a novice nun who is sort of like, going to be taking over the hospital where the, where the kid's mom is and and so she now is learning that you know she re- she in the first couple episodes she's always like I need to report to the Vatican and she's kind of learning like the Vatican can't help them and this is like it's going to be very unorthodox um moving forward because of like this like unbelievable paranormal situation it is so good it is, is it scary? Like, like does it, it offer real thrills or is it, it more like funny? It does. It's thrilling. I mean, there are definitely moments where it starts to feel like a police procedural, like the nun and Damon, who's the son, like get out of the car and walk up to like a crime scene. And like, there's, because this person who's dying is possessed, you know? So there are, there are these moments where it, sometimes it feels a little bit like a police procedural and you're kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, but for the most part, it is sort of like a cross between Constantine and the Exorcist. And it is just I see that. spectacular. And you never, it definitely has like that edge of the seat. Like you never know where this story is going to twist and turn next. Oh, cool. A uh, couple questions. So yeah. have you seen the father? Is he not a character yet on the show? Well, you know, we've just gone through, I think I'm, I just watched episode six and it's 10 episodes. And this is one of those series where like you want to binge watch it, but you don't want to binge watch it so that you'll yeah, have something you left have more. over, you know? Um, and you, I've been thinking that we're following the fa- the return of the father this whole time, but there was a plot twist um, this past episode, and so now I'm not entirely sure if if what we saw was the father. I'm having doubts who we saw was the father, and the father is still out there, but who we thought was the father is not the father. Oh, but you have seen an actor playing someone you're at least told to be the father. Is that it? You don't is see that... him in demonic form. He's always possessing a, the body of the gotcha. else. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and also that's the one where the mother that you mentioned, who's been in the institution, that's played by Elizabeth Marvel, who's an actress right. I've liked very much from New York theater. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's yeah, really, she and terrific. she has got a really tough role because on the one hand, she because she's possessed, and so on the one hand, she is she comes out of the possession and she is this mom, and then all of a sudden she turns on a dime and she is the demon again. Ooh. Yeah. It's it she, sounds her, cool. Her performance actually does sound really cool. Yeah. Her performance and I'm really happy for her. Yeah. Her performance is amazing. Um, so I'm super excited about this. Now, the thing that sucks 
is that apparently Marvel is not going to make, they're not going to make any more, I think only Disney now can make films and TV shows in the Marvel Universe. So I don't Uh know if this is ever going to come back after this season. That's baloney. Which is such a bummer because it is... It is such a good. It is such. It is such a good show. It's uh, it's really amazing. Um, if you're into like demons and exorcists, and that's where my heart lives with you know with horror movies. You know, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all times is The Exorcist. I love films with possession. I love anything to do with like satanic stuff. Rosemary's Baby. I am there. Uh, you know, th- that's what, you know, I'm not like a, like a, like I enjoy a good slasher flick, but for me, it's always about, you know, the demonic. That's what, that's what I love to watch those movies. And this hits like all of my sweet spots and the kids are great. The, um, the actor who plays the sister is actually in, um, in our favorite show there. I'm just spacing it. Um. Succession. Noah's place? No, oh, Succession. Who is she, she? She plays the assistant, Jeremy Strong's assistant. Is that Juliana Canfield? Sydney Lemon. You'd know if she, she wasn't. I would in, recognize her if I saw her. You would probably recognize her, yeah. Oh, and she was in, on Broadway in The Parisian with Uma Thurman? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Very Sydney striking. Lemon? Yeah. Oh, she's Who Jack is Jack Lemon's granddaughter? Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, we almost oh. have to watch this show. Because yeah. and I don't think you or many viewers of listeners of the podcast will know this, but two of Alyssa's and my absolute favorite things in the world are Succession and the career of Jack Lemon. So we really might have to do this. Yeah, no. And we should have to talk at length about Jack Lemon some other time because we're borderline obsessed there too. But um, yeah, you may have you may have really just tipped the scale with the with that. Now I was already intrigued when you started describing it, and now I'm like, oh man, we have to. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's only one season. It could either be like the best season of a show ever, or a real bummer if there's more story left to tell. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping that either, like, I don't know, again, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I don't know how they're going to grapple sure. with this. I mean, they had to have known that this would be one and done. I, I have no idea. So I don't know if we're going to get, like, a real satisfying conclusion because it's going to be, like, this. And again, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure if this means that we're not going to get another season. I don't know. Maybe they struck a separate deal because it was already in progress. It's a cliffhanger. But, um, you know, I, and, and it's not something that I've really read up on because, frankly, I just don't want to be disappointed right now. There are so many other things that are I disappointing me in the world, you yes. know, and I just want to enjoy it for what it is and not think about how it might never come back again. But it is definitely one of those things where I would absolutely watch this over again, partially because there's so much going on. And it's like, seriously, like, if you blink, you miss it. And I feel like I need another viewing so that I can sort of, like, dig a little deeper and understand things. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a fantastic show. It's so good. It is so good. And it's creepy. And it's startling. And, you know, maybe a, not really upsetting, but, but upsetting enough. Um, 
and not so gross out, grossed out, but it is definitely like a, it has gross moments, and it's definitely a thriller. I am more intrigued now. I didn't know too much about it before this, um, and I like I said, I feel like you've probably tipped the scale. Yeah, I love it. It's it's so great. If I, we ever if we ever step away from watching baking shows, we may add that to our list. Ten thousand stars, totally worth the time. I'd That's love. That's very to bright. Of it. Yeah, a lot of yeah. but these are dark times, so more dark. reason to appreciate. Yes. Okay. So that was your scary choice. That that was but my you scary. You have an unscary choice too, apparently. I do, but should we hear your scary, or should we save that for the very end? No, I'll go. And um, you know, you mentioned some of the truly great thrillers of all time with Rosemary's Baby and, and The Exorcist, and this is one that I think is really at that level. I mean, it's. It, it's such an obvious choice. There may be very little to say when I reveal this choice, but it's, I just think, uh, such a masterpiece that that why would I not talk about Alien? I hate that movie. Tell me why. I just hate it. Okay, maybe I was too young. Maybe it was, <laughs> it was like that, you know, I was seven years old when my parents made me watch. Um, Healthy choice. Yeah. <laughs> When my parents made me watch, oh, God, what was that movie with Timothy Hutton? Oh, Ordinary People? Ordinary People, yeah. And then I think they followed it up with The Great Santini. No, I was not scarred, but either one of yeah, those. They were preparing you for the future, yeah. for the hardships of life at a young age. And so Alien was also one of the movies that was watched from that. And as soon as that thing came out of that person's stomach on the spaceship, I was out. I was like, done. I was like, nope. Uh, nope in my way right out of here and I have never been able to watch that movie since I mean that's probably a healthy reaction at that age right I would assume and you know what though I'm not a big space opera alien freak like people well, love this Star is, Wars this is really the ultimate of that yeah people love Star it Wars doesn't get yeah. more, doesn't get more space opera thriller suspense than that yes people love star trek no i'm not the person that is sort of like into like the outer space and alien thing like unless it's like roswell i do appreciate mm -hmm. a good roswell story i do appreciate an area 51 story but like other than that mm, not not my not my thing I mean, this could have been your thing, because if you don't like space operas, they're all getting killed in this one. So you don't have to deal with so. them for very long. I, I mean, 41-year-old a... spoiler, but yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I don't know that there are many listening, period, but also many listening who don't know what Alien is about, especially because they're all the sequels. Um, but I, I think it is, I think it's a great, very pure sort of, slasher movie just set in space and that whole thing about in space no one can hear you scream is just like so thrilling to me but there's something like it is just such a perfectly paced thriller with just seven actors all of whom are great you know recently i also eulogized ian holm um it is a great feminist tale not just because sigourney weaver is the hero of the story but because the whole story is also, in its gory way, a metaphor for motherhood. And, and you, so you've never seen the rest of it, right? No, never saw the rest of it. So, so there, is, there is that element to it. I just think Ridley Scott did a great 
job with it. And then it's that rare thing where someone else came in and made the sequel, and it's James Cameron, and the second movie, Aliens, ends up being a different but nonetheless equal masterpiece itself. It's just instead of one killer alien, there's millions of them, and they further the metaphor about motherhood even more, um, both with Sigourney Weaver, uh, where she basically has like a surrogate daughter figure, but also with the Queen Mother Alien. I think it is so brilliant. I think it is like the most riveting double shot of like slasher movies I could possibly uh, think of. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. But that chest bursting scene, I think, is amazing. But again, not for everyone. I like applaud your leaving and not continuing watching as a very uh, healthy choice. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so, I so, I mean, apart from it being this sort of well, okay. First, how old were you when you watched it? I was uh, like eleven or twelve, I think, on video. Okay, which is right. yeah, so a bit older. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Not and not my first rodeo with scary movies at all. So, and what was your sort of visceral made... reaction to that first scene? You know. I think I already knew that it was coming. And I think the reason I knew was because of Spaceballs, because it parodied that scene. <laughs> so you were prepared. <laughs> so I was primed. <laughs> I know it didn't scar me. I, so I, I'm pretty sure that I knew, I didn't know much about the movie. In fact, I remember finding some of it confusing. Um, and, uh, but But I think I did know about that scene you know what i think you know what i think i mean uh, this is a, a fairly old-fashioned spoiler but i'll say it um if you haven't seen alien and want no surprises stop listening and jump ahead a few minutes i think i knew that there was an alien bursting out of someone's chest but i don't think i realized that it was killing him as it was doing it so i don't think i realized that oh that character is going to be dead by the time that scene is done until i saw the movie but I knew that the alien was going to pop out of his chest. Oh. And I just remember being really, really bored until that point, and then it was completely horrifying. I imagine other people had that same feeling. I think they uh, reacted the same way, too. It's a quiet it, film for a lot of it. Yeah, and it, wasn't, it, it didn't take very long to get to that scene, though, if I remember correctly. No, it comes pretty soon. Right. And then, like, the suspense is sustained from then on because... They're all trapped in this spaceship and they, they don't know what to do or who to trust or, or how to find it or how to kill it. Right. Um, which, you know, if you're claustrophobic, if you're, if you're a lot of different phobias, uh, it like preys on all of them. But yeah, I was, I'm a big horror movie guy and I love even slasher movies. I don't think many of them rise. They're not elevated works, but um I think I was inured enough to them that Alien did no further damage to me than had already been done. Right, 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 right. I don't know, I guess, because, like I said, I have no problem with slasher movies, but, again, like, I started watching those when I was, like, 12, 13, and that's very different from being 7 or 8 and seeing, like, something, like, an alien burst out of a dude's chest, right? So I guess I would chalk it up to being, like, way too young, but I've never been able to revisit it since. Yeah, I wouldn't tell you to. I would say go find the worst witch. I think that sounds like more like it for me. Yeah. So 
what is your other less scary choice for My this less scary, and I feel like we probably talked about it already, but on this show, but maybe not, is the movie Practical Magic. Oh, fun. I don't know one if we of, did talk about it. One of my favorite movies of all time. So Practical Magic, for those who do not know, is based on the novel by Alice Hoffman, which, by the way, is a totally wonderful novel. I was going to ask if you'd read it. Yes. Rather different from the movie, interestingly enough, in terms of um, the age, for example, of the sisters. Um, okay, so... It's about this pair of sisters who are orphaned, but they live with their crazy aunts in, I think it's in New England. I think it's I think Massachusetts, right? It's I didn't know if it's Salem, but it's Massachusetts. It's Massachusetts. However, in the book, it's Long Island. Uh. So, so that's where I get a little confused about where these things are taking place. Because in the book, it's actually it actually happens out on Long Island, like in like the Montauk Hamptons area over there. I don't think it's like fancy like the Hamptons, so it's probably more like the other side of Long Island, like the other side, but out to, like f far away from the city itself. Um, so it's about these sisters who are raised by these crazy aunts who are witches. And um, the sisters have inherited the magic and they're cursed. I think it's a family curse um, to never fall in love. Like if they fall in love, something terrible ends up happening um, to the husband. So in the case of one sister played by Sandra Bullock, the love of her life died. Like he was he, like she fell hopelessly in love um, and he died, leaving her a single mom. Uh, to two little girls and in the other sister's case played by Nicole Kidman she just always like hooks up with really terrible men and she happens to like have hooked up with this one guy who is like a creeper and um and she ends up killing him and the sisters who are complete opposites and fight all the time and all of that the sisters get back together and um and because she's on the run from this boyfriend this horrible boyfriend who shows up um, at their doorstep and they kill him and they bury the body and that brings along a hot cop who in the movie mm -hmm. is played by Aiden Quinn um, who ultimately falls in love with Sandra Bullock yes. it is charming it is so charming it is um, really sweet it, this, it's a lot of fun this was 1998 is when it yeah. came out um, we were kind of at the height of Sandra Bullock's fame as America's Sweetheart mm. in all her rom-coms. Um, and I feel like Nicole Kidman was also kind of at the height of her fame. Um, it was like just before she really, really shot to her. The yeah. Height of it. yeah. And, and it, the, the two of them together are an absolute delight on screen. Um, and and um, you mentioned the ants. I, you know, Stucker Channing and Diane Weiss are really great. Docker Channing and Diane Wiest are phenomenal. It's directed by Griffin Dunn, who yeah. I think every movie he touches is brilliant. Um, he's just got such a light touch. He is such a wonderful director. Um, and it's just a super, it's, it's a lovely, lovely movie. And, you know, it's not one of those movies. It's different. It's, it's actually pretty different from the book. Like in the book, the sisters are much older, um, they have the, the, the children are actually teenagers in the book, like older teenagers too. Like one of them is driving. 
Um, it spans a larger time period between the mm. sisters. Um, but, and it's not as, it's definitely not as lighthearted, although it's, it's definitely kind of has lighthearted elements. The movie itself is way more lighthearted than the book. Um, but it doesn't bother me that it's not because the movie is just so charming on its own. And I have to say like where the, just visually where they filmed it was just absolutely. Oh yeah. It's for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually don't know where they filmed it, but it's supposed to be in, you know, Massachusetts and it's super charming because it's, it just has the right, it gave it like that sort of right old New England small town look, which is exactly what this film yeah. is capitalized yeah. on. Um, I don't think it's Salem. I feel like it might have been like out towards it, the. Cape. It might be like fake Massachusetts. For yeah, it's definitely like a fake Massachusetts. But I felt like it might be out towards the towards like Cape Cod and not necessarily Salem. Mm. I think mm. if they said it in Salem, it would have had like a darker. I feel like it would have yeah, been. Yeah, I didn't doctor. remember that much if, if it was intentional or not. Now, Practical Magic, the book, is part of a series, if I remember. Um, it actually is a part of a series, but only recently that it, it became a series. Oh. Because oh, Alex oh, oh, Hoffman followed up that book with, um, and it like literally just came out, like, when did it come out? The Rules of Magic was what it was called. And I feel like that book like just just came out like not let me see if i can find that um rules of magic come on where are you where are you um where are you yeah so now it's going to be a series so rules of magic is the practical magic series um which was published uh 2017 oh wow yeah, so so oh, like she 20, waited five years later. Yeah, yeah, like she waited a really long time before she did like this sort of sequel. Um, but yeah, I think it's. Um, I haven't actually read the Rules of Magic yet, that, that, but I definitely need to because I really enjoyed Practical Magic and I really enjoyed the movie. Had you read or seen the movie anytime recently, or are you going off old time memory? I think I saw it maybe a year ago, maybe two. Oh, fairly recently. Yeah, so fairly recently. Um, I try and watch it at least once a year if I can. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, like if I can find it, because it's just one of those movies that I love so much that it, I'll and watch. And I imagine, you know, someone must be, like a freeform or someone must be playing it around this time every year, right? I mean, I guess. I kind of feel like... I don't like, know if that means it's on Hulu. I don't know. I kind of feel like this time of year they take it off the streamings and force you to buy it. And it'll be back on streaming, like, gotcha. uh, you know, another time. Like, but I, I could be wrong. I know it was streaming, maybe on Amazon fairly recently, um, because I think that's where I saw it the last time was on Amazon Prime. But I'm not. I can't really remember. Oh yeah, it says here, Prime Video. Well, it might be Prime Video. Watch it, rent, buy. Yeah, no, they're making you buy it now. Yeah, they make you buy it. It's not on Prime. <laughs> well, if you can find it, guys, it's a fun trip. And yes. I just wanted to say, um, Diane Weist is one of the ants, like I mentioned. She's also in an earlier movie, one of her first from the 80s, called Independence Day. It's 
Um, her and Kathleen Quinlan are in it, and she's really terrific in it. And that is a screenplay written by Alice Hoffman as well. Oh, really? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't. That movie I have seen a long time ago, and I do not know any way to find it. But I wanted to bring it up. I think Diane Weist is one of the greatest gifts to all of acting. Um, so I think any time I can mention her is worth it. Um, but there is that extra Alice Hoffman connection. Uh, yeah. Um, leaving Hulu in September was practical magic. Lat left Hulu. And uh, see, I'm telling you, they do this all the time to make you buy or rent it. Yeah. For those in the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's on Netflix. No, it doesn't seem like it does. All right. Sorry, guys. Can't be more helpful. Well, knowing is half the battle. Right, G.I. Joe? Right. That's what they said in G.I. Joe. Right. Uh, well, November 1st is also around the corner, so maybe it shall return. Here we go. So, hey, um, I hope you guys are queuing up your spooky movies for the next couple days. That's right. Get your candy. Do you know what our Halloween plan is? No, what? We, so they just opened a new Target in our neighborhood. And so we went to Target and we christened it by buying a bunch of candy that we are going to eat ourselves all week long. Yeah, I was going to say, are you guys going to get trick-or-treaters? Well, in our building, I don't think we have many kids to begin with, and I don't think they do the whole trick-or-treating thing, but I also don't know if a lot of people are doing trick-or-treating this year. If I were a parent, I probably would not. Yeah, that's kind of like, I mean, where we are, it's like kind of secluded, and we don't get many anyway. Like, I'm the house, because we seriously get maybe 10 kids, if that. I'm the house that gives out full-size candy bars because we just don't get any kids. Um, but I don't even know, like, this year. Like, I think I'm just going to, like, lock the door, close the, close the, you know, shut the lights and hide. Because I, who's going to send their kids out? I mean, I wouldn't. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about anyone else, but I wouldn't. Like, who's going to, like, who's going to want to take candy from me? Right. Who's going to want to take candy that I've touched, you know? And I don't want, like, I don't want kids, like, reaching in and grabbing their own because kids are germy and gross. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, like, we're talking about with all the schools. I feel like it's a real valid concern. Right. So I'm just, you know, I I think I think Halloween is canceled, which really is a bummer. And did I tell you about this woman that lives, like, literally on the other end of my street? No. Oh my God. Okay. So her husband, I don't know. He's, he does something in construction and he is so talented and they turned their garage and basement into Diagon Alley. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you like go in through the garage and all of a sudden like you're in this like weird little like with like these Harry Potter stars, like it is so cool and it is so beautiful. And she just does it every year. Um, I guess they leave it up all year and that's like their basement, you know, <laughs> and then they, and then they open it all up and I guess it's not going to happen this year, but you can like, they open it up to the neighborhood and to like just people and you can like show up and go down to her house and go through her basement and see all the cool shit and like happy Halloween. 
like any other year that would be amazing <laughs> yeah it's so cool it's so cool and it's like now i don't think she's going to be doing it i mean i can't imagine why would you let strangers into your house during covid yeah. like you can't that's just not safe i mean you you either believe it or you don't yeah and so. this is the real frightening story for our podcast yeah right. forget hellstrom and alien yeah, <laughs> it's what it's our national nightmare right now. No kidding. Uh, so so yeah, to so. that effect, guys, we wish you a happy Halloween and a safe Halloween. And the next time you hear from us will likely be after the election. We hope we are all still alive and that there is, you know, working Internet. Yes. yes. Um, and in the meantime, enjoy Hellstrom. Yeah, I think we're going to have to give it a shot. And um, do you have any actual Halloween plans or you're, it's just going to be a Saturday for you? No, I think it's just going to be a Saturday um, of hiding out, uh, you know, like maybe get a pizza. I don't like I kind of feel like I want to do something cool because Halloween's like my my jam. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Well, actually, my neighbors, they used to be part timers and they move here. They live here full time now. And they're not my favorite people. And so I might do some sort of like wacky, witchy thing in my backyard on Saturday night just to scare the shit out of them. That might be what I'm doing. I applaud. I applaud this. Thank you. That might be what I'm doing. That might be what I'm doing. I'll have to see if I can convince Anthony to come do it with me. So, guys, if Karen's not around next week, you'll know it backfired. It backfired. (laughs) And I called up the demons. Okay. All right, my dears, we will um, we will see you next week. You guys take care. And um, yeah, if there's anything that we should uh, be talking about next week, find us on uh, Back on the Block Pod on Facebook. And, um, you know, make our Halloween great with a five-star review. Wouldn't hurt. We love it. Lots of candy for you. Lots of virtual yes. candy. Yeah, we'll send you all the virtual candy in the world. Yes. Anyway, all right. be safe and have a good time, guys. We'll talk to you next week on the boulevard.